Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Happy Halloween, Wendy. Happy Halloween, Mike. Oh, it's actually Halloween, too. It is actually Halloween, and the trick-or-treating actually starts in a few minutes. So I'm going to go for a walk, and, and I'm going to try to trick some trick-or-treaters out there. I was just going to say, I better go make sure all my lights are off. My doors <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Saying. It's like, oh, I didn't get any candy this year, so shh. Uh, no, but yeah, Halloween, it's here. It's exciting, but it's sad because it's the end of the fun month of October. Yeah, the end of the best season of the year. So it's kind of like how most people feel when they get to New Year's Day, I think, when they're like, oh, I got to go back to work. It's like, oh, I can't just wear a mask around all the time anymore. Right, right. Did you have any fun Halloween festivities over the weekend? Uh, not really, but mostly staying at home this weekend. Uh, I did watch The Walking Dead and things like that and um, oh, cool. made, made sure that Ghost Tours ran in four different cities. So I guess that kind of that wow. kind of feels like I did something Halloween-y without moving. You sure did? Well, I had a Halloween-packed weekend. Oh, good. What'd you do? Well, I guided the Waukesha Ghost Tour on Friday. Yay. And then on Saturday, I performed the thriller dance at the rooftop of the Monona Terrace in Madison. Oh, fun. With my fellow zombie friends, which was very fun. And then I, uh, I just went out downtown a little bit and checked out some of the costumes and some bands. Okay. And then last night, Devil's Night. Yes. I went on the Madison Ghost Tour. Oh, that's a very fine ghost tour, I believe. Yes. And our friend Lisa, the ghost host with the most, it was her birthday, so it was an extra special tour, and she did a phenomenal job. Great. I highly recommend, and I'm not just saying that because you're my bandmate and she's my friend. Right. <laughs> it really is a great tour. A lot of fun facts about Madison and, and some stories that definitely creep you out a bit. Wow. So it really does sound like you did a lot of Halloween-y stuff this weekend. That sounds nice. Yes, I sure did. Yeah. Okay. So I feel... I didn't waste a moment of this October Halloween spirit. <laughs> All right, fun, fun. Well, you know, um, for the interview this week, it harkens back to a podcast we did in April. Remember we were at the Old Baraboo Inn right. in April? I do remember, and that was my first ever Go- official ghost hunt. Yeah, that's right, your first ever official ghost hunt. Well, there was a guy filming the whole thing, and I, I didn't even rem- right. I hardly remembered it, but uh, he did a, a documentary, the Old Baraboo Inn, I'm in it, uh, my sister Allison's in it. You're glimpsed a couple of times, Wendy. <laughs> and it's fun. He did a, a whole documentary on it. And he's also a paranormal filmmaker that does uh, a bunch of like independent films on like mediumship and these kind of topics. Cool. So the documentary is just released. We thought we'd bring him on the show. Yeah. And we saw him at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference as well. He was there with the old Barabooin folks. Yeah. So we decided to uh, bring him on, talk to him about the, like the Baraboon documentary, talk to him about his own personal filmmaking, because he's got a movie that's debuting on Saturday night called Mourning, as in mourning, like begrieved. Begrieved is not a word. Bereaved is a word and aggrieved is a word. But Mourning <laughs> in the Cemetery is the name of his movie that's coming out okay and so uh, it's part of this overall he's made like a little universe called the raven james chronicles very cool so uh allison joins me in the interview for this one and let's go talk to paranormal filmmaker 
Ben Whiteven. Well, today there's a special treat. Number one, I'm here with my sister, Allison Jordan from Milwaukee Ghosts. Allison, say hi. Hey, everybody. And number two, we're joined today by this week's guest, Ben Whiteven, filmmaker extraordinaire. Hello. Uh, Makeshift Media Group is the name of your company. Correct. And uh, you specialize in paranormal kind of films. Mm-hmm. And that's why we thought it'd be fun to talk to you. Uh, number one, I think the first time I met you was at the Madison Horror Film Fest. I think so, yeah. Probably yeah, five or six back. years ago. You were actually at uh, Summerfest like 10 years ago, right before Planet of Nine, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I... I don't, I don't think I knew you at the time, but like you kind of like, I've kind of known of you for a very, very long time. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's like fate. Just, <laughs> just your hold. reputation precedes you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is unfortunate. Yes. For better or worse. Usually worse. So Ben, where are you originally from? Um, well, I grew up in Shano, Shano, Wisconsin, which is Northern, Northern Wisconsin. And then, um, kind of moved around a bit. I graduated from Peshtigo high school. Um, Went to Marinette College, uh, UW Marinette, and then uh, ended up graduating with a bachelor's degree in communications with uh, in uh, UWSB, Stevens Point. Okay. And so then you came to the middle of the state. Yes. And uh, what kind of got you interested in the paranormal in the first place? Was there a lot of weird things happening in Shawano? No, I, I think I, I guess I was always interested in like suspense. I really like Hitchcock. And I, I, I really, like, I fell in love with the X-Files. And I love, I guess I love, the thing about ghosts that I really like is that, that it's, you know, you can, you can play around with it in the fictional world, but there's, all, there also, there's also this, this reality world that, that it parallels. You know, that there's, there's certain things that people, people will actually tell you that they've seen ghosts and that there's, so that, as opposed to, like, zombies and vampires, which is more fantasy stuff or science fiction stuff, ghosts and spirits seem to be, and the paranormal seem to be closer to reality and something that I can I can uh, balance with in okay. the fictional world. So, so, all right. So if you got into the X Files early, what was your favorite episode of the X Files? Um, well, my favorite funny episode because there's 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 the serious episodes and there's the funny episodes. My favorite, indeed there are. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them too. So the first, the, the, the funny one that I liked was called Bad Blood, and I can't think of the guy's name, but there's a, there was a, a, now a name actor in there, um, but it was about, there was the guy from uh, Children of the Corn, who was this obsessive compulsive vampire who, had, who, was, uh, who was going, out, going around, the, there, there's a, so it was a small town full of vampires, basically, and, okay. and it was M- Mulder and Scully telling their, their version of the story. I think. Oh Alice, yeah, Allison recognized. I can see the look on her face. Yeah, um, there's a there and um, it's like so uh, metacognitive. The, the sheriff with big buck teeth, and it's like he did not have big Luke buck Wilson. Teeth. <laughs> Luke Wilson. Yes, yes, Luke yeah. Wilson. So yep. Luke, yep. Luke Wilson from <laughs> Idiocracy. Yes, oh, among other things. That yeah. was a great episode. I loved how they they to- told the story from different perspectives. Yep. It was so funny because you know how Scully was flirting with the mm-hmm. uh, Luke Wilson character. Oh <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and then how Mulder remembered it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was the Rashomon kind of thing, right? Where they everybody has a different perspective of what happened, and then you yeah. watch the different perspectives of what happened. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's okay. a great formula. 
And that's also the one where um, Mulder drops the sunflower seeds to save yep, himself, yep. right? So <laughs> I love that part, like, too. Hey, man, why'd you do that? And then he's like, I'm going to get you. you know, yeah, it was, a really, it was a really, like, upbeat, you know, a really, like, loose loose one. I mean, he's like, you know, at one point they're like, you know, it's, it's a lot harder than you think to stop an RV. And then they show him, like, trying to shoot out the tires. And then, like, <laughs> and then Mulder's hanging on to the RV. It was just a very... Very uh, silly episode. That is a great. It's written by Vince Gilligan, who brought us yep. Breaking Bad. Yes. So yes. you know it's going to be pretty good. And oh, I mean, yeah. Vince Gilligan was a guy that mastered comedy mm-hmm. in the in, mm-hmm. and pathos put together when he did Breaking Bad. So my my favorite serious episode was the musings of a cigarette smoking man, which is the cigarette smoking man's uh, perspective on the assassination of JFK, because he basically was the assassin, and then he was also the assassin for of uh, of. Dr. Martin Luther King. King, right? Yep, and that so that was that was a relatively Mulder was kind of a secondary. Mulder and Scully were kind of a secondary character. You see them in the beginning, like he's listening in on them, so it kind of shows his perspective on on the world leading. And up is to that, that the so. one which really shows him as like a frustrated writer? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I remember that one too. I'm with so that, you. I'm with you yeah. on these, Ben. Those yeah, those really are uh, some classic episodes right there. I think mm. my, my favorite, though, is uh, Jose Chung from Outer Space. Oh. That, yes, that's that a good one. Um, was that the favorite. one with the long takes? No, Jose Chung from Outer Space was um, the one. It's got mm. Charles Nelson Riley as the as okay. the author. Okay. And then isn't like Alex Trebek and Jesse Ventura are men in black. Yeah, and, and Lord oh, Kimboat. Yeah. Lord Kimboat. Don't forget Lord Kimboat. Yes, so that is... <laughs> God, that was another one that was told through a different perspective. No, yeah. That is yep. a particularly yep. good one. And like, so that one was written by uh, Darren Morgan, who, I mean, he, he specialized in some of the more comedic episodes. And everybody thought that his episode with Murray from Flight of the Concords of the X-Files revival was the best. And I, I did think it was pretty good. I thought it was a little too silly for me. And I preferred a couple of the other episodes of the revival. But Ben, what'd you think of the revival this past year? Well, for first of all, it premiered on my birthday. Hey. So I was I was pretty excited about that. Um I don't think that it really held up. I think it was kind of yeah. and, and then and then they leave it hanging and it's like come like I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they I think they were, it was just a it was a yeah. cash grab. It, it was well, I was glad they came back. I think they had two really good episodes yep. and I re- I thought that mm-hmm. even some of the non-monster of the week episodes could like the super children and stuff like that was kind of X-Men mm-hmm. cool. I thought the worst ones yeah. were the first ones and the last one and then the ones in the middle were pretty good. There was the the funny one I really That was liked. the de- I can't remember. It was there was a lot of they took place in a cemetery and then there was a I was it James not was it James Wong? Um, who, who's, uh, yeah. was in the Yeah, and that was Dar- Darren Morgan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of, uh, The Curse of the Were, the Curse of the Were Lizard or whatever is what it was called. And that, that yeah, was the one with like that. Yeah. I remember that being really that, good. That was a pretty fun mm-hmm. one, but I, uh, I mean, we don't have to dwell on the X-Files forever, but I mean, I will talk about it forever because it was a big part of my life. <laughs> Well, you, you clearly know I, your X Files. You know it. Like I, 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 I mention uh, titles and you know or episodes and you know the name of the the writer. That's <laughs> well, that's pretty impressive. I, uh, that that was a big part of my life for a long time. So, mm-hmm. so I was seventeen when the X Files started. Ben, how old were you when it started? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, uh, I was 90 th- 1993, So I was twelve. Yeah, ninety three. Okay. It? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna uh, opt out of this I, that's age why, discussion. That's, that's, that's okay. You know, I'm ageless. Just, 
<laughs> I am eternal. But, you know, what's funny about things like this is that it's good to see what are the influences on people at certain ages, because I think the age you yeah. are, the context you bring will also bring a lot to it. I find that with people who talk about Harry Potter, because people are like, oh, man, Harry Potter is so awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it's cute. It's, you know, whatever. But if you were like 13 when the Harry Potter stuff came out, then you're like, oh, man, Harry Potter's the coolest. If you were like 19 when it came out like I was, you're like, what's this kid wizard crap? You know, so there is that, that difference. Yeah. So the context and, and, you know, that people bring to it certain ages, I really think does make mm-hmm. a huge difference into the way people take it. Well, we have a whole generation <laughs> yeah. that's, that's... No, and I know, and, and people love it. And, and people like yeah, that Pokemon yeah. stuff now, yeah. too, right? Those for, hey, look, mm-hmm. it's a... Yeah. It's Pikachu. Well, sometimes that's... That, uh, get get out of here. <laughs> My girlfriend's obsessed with that, that stuff. She goes for walks just so she and can I, find that. And I know people love it, and like, it's great that uh, people are getting outside and everything. <laughs> yeah, and everybody yeah. loves a treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah, I can but relate we, to that. I mean, I don't know. I guess... And I'm of that where Pokemon came around where I was way after me, and I'm like, what do, what do we do with these? Yeah. Like, are we playing with stuffed animals now? And I just, yeah. not my thing. And so I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, have connections to it, you know, just because, you know, I'm a teacher, but then also the Japanese connection to, you know, their historical monsters. Mm-hmm. It's in there. So, I mean, it's not without context. And that's cool. I just don't see it's it when just, I see the cute little, you know. Yeah. And I think of the yokai. That's what I'm thinking of. The traditional folkloric okay. Japanese monsters. So, it doesn't seem so, uh, you know, w- without meaning. All right. Well, yeah, Allison, you may, be, you may have just saved Pokemon for me for good. <laughs> yeah. Read about the yokai, Mike. You're going <laughs> to love them. Okay. So, Ben, <laughs> let's go back. So, uh, your, your sh- Shano upbringing and I've been up there a couple of times. I thought it was a, kind of a fun place. I, I knew somebody who had a farm up there. We spent a 4th of July and then almost got in a fight at the War Bonnet Bar. And so now, so up there, did you guys have any particular urban legends or stories or anything like that that you know about that kind of influenced maybe how you would later start making films or anything that you thought was totally sweet when you were a kid? I don't know that Shano really influenced my supernatural interests. Um, I know we were close to the Menominee Indian Reservation. I know that they're very spiritual. My my mom worked at the the College Menominee Nation, so she she would tell me she would she would tell me about the their culture and stuff. So I was very familiar with the cool. Menominee culture. Um, so I also knew you know they always they believe in spirits and stuff, and there there's so that that kind of thing was well believed believed in. So I I I guess I grew up believing that there there's there's something more than we can really comprehend um but nothing really specific from shano like that was you know that i haven't lived there since i was 16 so sure i was just wondering about that because i think about like where allison and i grew up um we didn't even have any kind of i mean there wasn't that many connections to uh native american stuff would you say in mcquanago like it was all like it was just all dumb white kids it it was a cultural desert (laughs) it was but we did have the Mm -hmm. the coolest legend we had was the battle happening on Phantom Lake that people could see this okay. supernatural battle between like tribes. Yeah, so there's some connection, you know, very very tenuous connection to uh, right. native folk. And so that's I just okay. I didn't know if it, being closer to that area or even in that area of the state, I'm always interested in, in what kind of weird stuff people find there. So, you move on to there and so 
when you got into communications and starting wanting to make films and everything like that, what attracted you to the, the paranormal side of this particular kind of thing? Um, well, like I said, it's, there's, I think there's, there's something kind of eerie about, about ghosts being real. I think, and the, the, the fascination with their, their parallel with, with, uh, reality, with you, with, um, with religion, religion believes in, in ghosts and, or Christianity to, to believe in, in Jesus, you have to believe that, you know, right. That people can come back from the dead. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that, that kind of thing interests me. I, I, I guess I can't really pinpoint on any one, one, uh, experience, but it's always been an interest to me and, and, um, it's, I don't know. I, well, Ben, let me ask you, ha- have you had your own paranormal experiences? Um, I've never actually seen a ghost, but, um, <clears throat> in the, in the case of the old Baraboo Inn, I've, I know, I know that, that when, um, in, I guess it's, it's, it's considered in theory, but I, I guess it's, it's, like I said, it's with, uh, in the case of fiction versus what, what people commonly believe about ghosts, um, ghosts use the energy of, of, uh, electrical devices such as cameras and, and, uh, lights. And when, um, my, my interview with Allison, my first interview actually with, at the old Baraboo Inn for the documentary, um, my lights had some very, uh, unusual activity. I had three LED lights and they each have five batteries in them. And when they've been, when they've been on for, for quite a while, um, they, they get very warm. And we had been up in the uh, upstairs of the old Baraboo Inn for about an hour, uh, doing kind of an investigation with a group of people. And and afterwards, I interviewed Allison, and I was using I was only using one of my lights on my on top of my camera, for for the investigation. But then when we did the interview, I turned all three of them on, and one of them I I, I attached to to a uh, a ladder going up to the to the loft, and after about I say about twenty minutes. Um, that light, which had been had fresh batteries in it, uh, flickered off and and went dead while we were while we were in the interview, and and you know kind of like just because I knew like I wanted to to document everything. I I touched it and I realized it was cold, but I didn't say that out loud. So I had I had Allison touch it and tell me what she what she felt on camera and and um. It was cold, and then the 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 light on top of my camera was hot, and then the other light, the third light that had been above buffer in the closet when where I was interviewing her, was also warm. So, all three of these lights had been on for at least twenty minutes. Two of them were warm to the touch. One of them was specifically cold, and that was to me that was that didn't make any sense at all. So I mean, it basically it meant that the thing had not been on. But in addition to that, it, it was actually like it felt colder than it should okay. have been, you know. So it wasn't just it was you know when you you pick something up that's not you know a, a, a device that's that's not been on for a while, it doesn't feel warm, but it also doesn't feel cold, cold. So, um, and you can test that, Allison, when you touched it, right? It, well, and it had been on, well, right? Yeah, it had been on. It had for been minutes. on. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you called my attention to it that it just mm-hmm. blinked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't feel like something that just blinked out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that that was uh, unusual. Well, real quick, real quick, we should do some setup for this because okay. we're jumping right to the old barrel okay, in now. We're jumping okay. right in. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so to go back to that particular night. This was uh, April 23rd of this year, and we were at the Old Baraboo Inn, and, yep. and we actually recorded a podcast that night, an interview mm-hmm. with some of the, the various characters of the Old Baraboo Inn, and we recorded that last April. Allison was there putting a presentation on paranormal cool stuff in Wisconsin, and Wendy and I were there doing a podcast, and Ben was there uh, shooting for a documentary he's created on this place in Wisconsin, Baraboo, Wisconsin, uh, which is, let's say, 25 to 30 miles like northwest of Madison. And um, it's an old building with a lot of hauntings, and Ben was working on a documentary about this. And so when he was setting up interviews in the upstairs of the place, that's where he was setting up the lights and felt that light that was cold to touch. So that now that everybody has a little context that knows what the hell we're talking about, Allison, go ahead. <laughs> what were you saying about the lights? Then you had another question. Well, I, I was just wondering what happened to that particular light afterward. Did it ever work again? It did. Um, and I can't remember, I, I wish I had marked it or, or, you know, you know, figured out exactly which one it was and maybe checked it and stuff, but I didn't really, I didn't really check it or anything afterwards. But I, I mean, it was, it was dead, dead. Like the, the lights were completely out. Um, and that's unusual because usually when it's, when I got it up on full blast, it'll flicker first. It'll flicker for a little while when it's dying. So I, if I, if I remember right. We're, you know, we're having our conversation and then the light just completely just went out. It didn't really do it. It kind of flickered a little bit, but then it completely went out. So it was almost like the juice had just been sucked out of it. So that light so. still works just like yeah, the other lights. It's, lights perfectly you know, fine, yeah. Out of the haunted location, it's working fine. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that when we were recording some music that night, so Wendy and I put down our, our Zoom and we had just recorded the podcast. Then afterwards, we play a few songs for everybody to have a couple, you know, keep it fun. And uh, the songs didn't record. We had set up everything. We'd done everything. And mm-hmm. then something turned yeah. off the Zoom that evening. So weird. Like maybe it just didn't like our music. It could have not been a fan. I, 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 t- I wouldn't blame it. <laughs> but um, the idea that spirits can affect the electricity of something, even if they can't show up, they can turn something off they can drain a battery for absolutely no reason they can um they can show their displeasure with my music by not recording it and i used to think these kind of stories of electronic interference were just bunk i I gotta be honest right so but then when it starts happening to you and you know you know like everything you put into it and it's not working and it's worked in other situations i had an experience of my own um it uh, was just a situation where I was at an American Legion post and I was putting on a presentation and I had just bought this brand new projector to do oh, it because yeah. I didn't have a projector. And I had just been running through the slides with Mike the night before. And you know how you buy a new projector and like the slides, you know, the, the spacing on things isn't quite right. So I yep. had worked with it for hours and hours the night before getting it just perfect. And then I went to the American Legion post and I actually had to move some pictures of some servicemen to give us a a blank space to project on. And I didn't feel good about that when I was doing that. Um, And then the projector would, would start up and then die like within a few seconds. 
it, we could only keep it on for like maybe a minute and it would mm. shut down. And so I had to just give my presentation with no slides, just off the cuff, which I was not happy about. And, and I also oh, was texting so, Mike, Mike, why? Right, so why this is ridiculous. This so the night before, we actually were all staying at a hotel in Milwaukee. We were all staying at Potawatomi, having fun. And Allison brings the projector, goes through the presentation, tries it out, and really like against the wall, the hotel room and everything. And it's working perfectly. The next day, I got to go in the recording studio, and I'm in the vocal booth, and I start getting these text messages from Allison. She's like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Mike. It's working. I don't know why it's working. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, trying to respond and everything. And they're You're like, such a caring brother. And they're like, Mike, can you, can, you, can you sing? It's what you're paying to be here. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. Mm. But it was just a, but it's such a ridiculous so thing sorry, because Mike. it worked perfectly 12 hours previous. Yeah. yeah. And you were like... Is it too hot? And I'm like, no, because it was April right. then when it I was, was doing new. this, and I, I, or it was March actually, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, it was, it, it's cold if anything, and oh man, so and then I got it home that night. It worked, <laughs> it worked perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so I have more and more of these experiences, so I have more of an appreciation for the reality of it. You know, Ben, we started talking about how you got to be. Uh, the documentarian of this thing in the old Baraboo Inn. Mm-hmm. How'd you find out about it? How'd you decide to do a documentary? How'd you get into it? Well, I, I don't know exactly. And we, Shelly and I, we, we've been joking about how we, how this actually came to be because, um, so I, I released my novel Drowning Demons, which is about an alcoholic spiritual medium, um, on March fifteenth. And so before that, um, at some point, I, I contacted the old Baraboo Inn by through Facebook. And I said, "Hey, you should check this out." And or I, I might have checked. I, I think I, I, I must have contacted him beforehand and said, "You know, you, you should read my novel." And and um, and then so a couple months later, and I have to pinpoint. I have emails to backtrack this. Um, a couple months later, or maybe a month and a half later or so, um, Shelley out of the blue emailed me and gave me this 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 paragraph of, you know, Baraboo Inn is a special place and we were, we're looking for a videographer to, to film our events. And I don't know how she, con- how she had actually found me. And later she had said that, you know, I don't, I don't think she remembers how she found me, but, and she, and the, the, the strangest part about it is she didn't know that I was a novelist and that I, I, that I was into the paranormal. So she was, I think she was just looking okay. for a videographer. She didn't know that I was, into the paranormal. So when I walked into that place, uh, I was, you know, I was immediately obsessed because, you know, the basement, you know, it, it, there's a lot of parallels to the novel that I've written to the, to this, to this building. And the novel is based on, on, um, the Roger, the old Rogers theater, which used to be a speakeasy. It used to be a brothel. Uh, the basement is creepy as hell. And, um, so I walk into the old Baraboo Inn and, and BC, the owner is telling me these stories about, you know, the basement's really, you know, there's some bad stuff in the basement. Uh, it used to be a brothel, used to be a, wait, where know, is, where is the Rogers theater? Rogers theater's in Wausau. Okay. That's in Wausau. So I, and- I li- yeah, I lived there for two years. And so I ended up making a movie there, um, through a series of, uh, just, uh, I happened to meet somebody who knew the owner, and I got got access to that place. So interesting about the Rogers Theater. Now that that eventually became the Fillmore, yep. right? Yep. Okay. 
And so that's when I met you, Ben. You mm-hmm. were uh, you were selling a copy of your uh, movie, The Medium, and yep. you said you shot it at this place called the Fillmore. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is, is that two weeks earlier, I'd just been performing there. Wow. Yeah. And what was funny was that was when we were playing there. Number one, uh, something like something crashed from the lights onto the stage in the middle of the performance, like it was huh. angry at Ben, our guitar player. And so that we had a we, we had a weird thing there because <laughs> Ben like started saying like, "Hey, somebody said this place is haunted. Like it's haunt is is this place really haunted?" And then all of a sudden something falls from the rafters on a stage. Uh, and, and, wow! Oh and man! It was like, and we have that in a. In a uh, a podcast we talk about it this because this is maybe six mm-hmm. or seven years ago and then also yeah. uh the lights would flicker at the same time every night <laughs> in the Fillmore theater and we, we were talking to the, the bar staff and they're like oh yeah that's just a ghost like what are you talking about they're like no the ghost huh. they're like right around this time it's like 105 it's like 105 and 110 in the morning right around this time the ghost likes to play with the electricity here and flicker the lights mm-hmm. and so what happens He's like, we're sitting there. We yeah. go up to the bar like after the last set and then mm-hmm. it, it flickers. Like on, and I'd for, we talked about it earlier in the night and it flickered like on time, like right on time. Oh, wow. So I was like, that, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. And There's something about that place. I think it's cursed because it's no longer open as the Fillmore Bar. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a church. It's a, the mission, downtown Mission Church or something like that. Huh. And, it's, and it's, so it's had to change hands and yeah, I, it's... It's cursed. And the girl Stephanie, who, who used, to, who was the book, or she helped with the booking, but she also was like running the lights mm-hmm. at the Fillmore. Yeah. She told me that you know, because you'd run the lights up in the like at the balcony area, and mm-hmm. she's like, I hate being there because I was, I hear people moving behind me, I see shadows in the corner of my eye, and when I'm up there working the lights, I'm never alone. And I always wow. thought that was an interesting thing. So when you said you were working on a fiction film based on that place. Uh, that's why I was completely fascinated right away. And so you spent a lot of time shooting there, right? Yeah, I spent a, so before it became the Fillmore. Um, the guy's name is Dan Dan Miller, I believe. Uh, he he owned the film. The he bought the building and he was he was turning it from the the Rogers Theater into the Fillmore. And while it was in transition, I went in there and it was you know it was being gutted. So the place that I experienced was was just. You know, it, it looked like an abandoned building on the inside. Um, and it was, you know, the basement was, was cold. Like, they didn't have the heat on. And 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 um, I would have to run lights. Like, I actually filmed a scene under the theater. And I, you know, I, I would be there by myself at times uh, working on it. And it was... It was creepy. I mean, I've never experienced anything about it, about it, but but I'm I like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by you know the the stories, and and then I take the stories and I'm inspired by the the stories that people have said told me, and then I I turn it into something fictional. But it's but at the same time, it's it's based on you know people's experiences. So it it has a it has a you know a twisted parallel to it. So we'll get um, back to, we'll get back to talking yeah. about uh, that movie, The Medium, and how it inspired yeah. your series. Uh, the Raven James Chronicles, and then that's your new one coming out, The Morning, Morning in the Cemetery. And we're going to talk about your fictional part. And so mm-hmm. let's go back a little bit to the old Barab- the nonfiction. Yeah, to the nonfiction. And this <laughs> is, and so when is this documentary going to be released? The documentary was released okay, so, um, so, so it's October thir- 23rd. Yep. It was uh, a, day, uh, a Day with the Dead. And so that was uh, the events uh, last weekend. Okay. And, and so. So it's just released on October twenty third. 
So yep. you get in there, you meet BC, you see how the old Baraboo Inn is just the creepiest place. We talk about the brothel and the ceiling, the weird torture chambers in the basement. And yep. what were they like? Were they like, hey, we, we want you to make a movie on this? Or were you like, I'm going to make a movie on this? I believe we, you know, she, uh, Shelly wanted me to, to film the events. And I, I filmed uh, Allison's events. I filmed uh, another event after that. And um, not, not as good, though, right? The, was that? No, <laughs> not, not, not half as good. Not I, quite as good. I, I no. understand. I understand. <laughs> okay. Um, and there was a point. I, I, I'm gonna have to go back and like actually like I, I, I should have written all this stuff down. Uh, backtrack my emails, but there was a point where I, I, I emailed Shelly and I was like, I'd like to make a documentary on this place. Um, and started with the, the, the house, uh, BC's house team. So BC, um, was putting together a, a group of group of paranormal investigators to be the house team so to put it into context he's he's had hundreds of different uh paranormal groups uh investigate um and research the building and and so he he's put together his own home team that that would personally okay do investigations and he would lead it and so um knowing he was going to do that and we it set a date i think it was uh memorial day that we that we uh that we went in there. It was the day before Memorial Day. It was Memorial Day weekend um, that we that we went in the, for the first time together as a group, and and I I documented our our investigation, and so so that was that was that was how I was kind of structuring the the documentary, and then but um, so the first half of the documentary is essentially um, a series of different um, encounters that other people have encountered, so so half the documentary is kind of more of on the the history and what what people have encountered. And the second half is about the team going in and investigating and, and their experiences. I've watched the documentary and I, I enjoyed it, especially the, the parts with me. And, but you know, <laughs> I, do, I do find that when people were telling their, of, of the stories that they've had, that to me, when somebody has some kind of experience and they're explaining it, uh, those parts felt very real you know, and authentic to me. Sometimes I'll admit, I don't buy into the whole psychic medium thing sometimes. Sometimes I see people saying yeah. creepy things, but... I really enjoyed some of the personal experiences that people have had in that documentary. And I think that to me, that lends like, okay, you know, there is something interesting there. Like when you were working on it and you're talking to some of the people talking about your objectivity from a filmmaker's eye. And especially because the editing is the final edit, you know, decision. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of keep some of your objectivity when it's like you have various, various levels of, I don't know, believability is the word, but various levels of, mm -hmm the BS meter <laughs> or whatever. Like, how do you keep that to say, like, I want to make sure that I'm presenting this as an evenly balanced documentary. Well, um, with part of that was I, I interviewed, Allison was my first interview. So I, I have, I have, um, and the BS meter with the BS meters way off the charts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, let, charts. I let her balance things out. And I, and really what I tried to do as much as I could was, was just, you know, people would tell me stories and I would just, let them tell the stories. There's no narration in the in the documentary. There's not. There's nothing of me saying. And then the you know they they allegedly experienced this and that. There's just there. It's it's the people's accounts uh, of what what had happened at, as it happened. And and um, yeah, I I try to I try to just let them tell the story instead of me trying to tell their story through narration or through through editing. I try to I try to you know put everything as they said it. Um, I do have to cut things down a lot 
um, just for time. Like it could have easily been a, a feature length feature length film. Um, when I first started, I was essentially trying to find trying to do a maximum of twenty five minutes, and ended up being thirty three minutes because there's so much there. It, it's what I realized when I was editing it and and watching the rough cuts. Like it it's it moves fast. And it doesn't feel like 33 minutes. So I'm sitting down and watching it. It's like, oh, I got to watch another, you know, right. for the 20th time, this thing. And I watch it. I was like, that, that was 33 minutes. So it really, it, it, it moves fast. And I'm trying to, um, it's a, it's, um, it's a struggle. It's a balance. You have to, you have to balance, you know, telling everything that they have to say versus telling the most important things to get the story across and to, and also to connect what other people have said. So, for example, um, my girlfriend um, Janet Janet Mitchell, who um, she came along with us for uh, what I call the lights on walkthrough for the basement, and we had, she didn't think anything of it, and and because um, it was you know during the day she didn't think anything would happen, and she's she's a skeptic, so she doesn't really, I she's she's kind of well, she's not sure at this point, but when when we went down to the basement, um, we're going to we're going through the hallway and and um we go we're we're in the the room with the pole and BC's talking talk we're we're having a conversation about it and meanwhile Janet is behind us um in the doorway and she for some reason she couldn't go through the doorway she had this pressure on her chest and and she's trying to describe it and and BC basically finished her sentence and said you you have a pressure in your chest and so it was interesting to capture that because because um the the medium, I can't think of her name offhand, but she 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 just she described a, a pressure in her chest as well, and so I was able to take her story and it, you know in the same place she had she had the pressure in her chest, and so I took her story and I put it next to next to Janet's story and it kind of it complemented each other. So it kind of it's it's interesting to get the the same similar accounts from different people, and and I hadn't told I they didn't know each other's stories so. So it was interesting, and it, and and also to have my own my my girlfriend, who who had who's a skeptic, experienced something that really kind of validated to me. Sure, that there's something here, and it makes you look good too, because you're like, I told you, baby, I told you there's something going on. Yep. <laughs> but I really liked, you know, when you asked her, "Well, you, do you believe yeah. in ghosts?" and she's like, "Well, I don't know," and you know that that's uh, usually my stance. Uh, but I'm open-minded. And so I really, you know, when I watched your uh, documentary, I, I was so happy to see the way you told it because I, I didn't feel like it was an ad for Old mm -hmm. Baraboo yeah. Inn. I, I felt like, you know, this is journalism. You're trying to give a, a balanced perspective about what may or may not be going on there. And I come across as really skeptical, and, mm -hmm. and I am, but... Just to see the way that you mm -hmm. put that together, I w was Thank very you. impressed. But I also have to share, mm -hmm. and and I I told mm -hmm. you this, Ben, when I, I saw you at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't tell you mm -hmm. <laughs> that night, which probably would have been a better time. To That's tell all right. You. We're just recording. No, no, but this oh. is a, this is pertinent. So anyway, uh, when we were there, I was feeling very skeptical about Old Baraboo Inn because any place that 
really promotes itself as being haunted or says, you know, there's 1530 spirits here that regularly and then there's even more. It's like the grand central station of the paranormal. Uh, To me, that I I really have a hard time with that, believing that. But um, so I'm there and I did my presentations and I am putting away something under that big table that we were using for our Mm -hmm. podcast panel setup. And then I happened to look up and I saw a white light like fly by my head. (laughs) And okay, so it happened so quick. It just happens in like the snap of a finger. And it's like, what was that? And then so I'm watching your film and, you know, you show some footage of some supposed orbs, uh, you know, some which look like dust to me, but some other ones that you show, which really were eerie for me because that's what that looked like to me. And it wasn't a fly. It was a round Mm -hmm. white light that zipped past my head. And again, you just go on with your regular life. And let's just specify that Allison did not have a single, like I had maybe like eight beers that night or something like that. They were little beers. I wasn't partying too hard. But the thing was, like if I had said, man, I saw a white light. It could have been, you know, it could have been like, yeah, yeah, dude. Right. I'm a teetotaler, so yeah. She, she's like the women's temperance movement. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, yes, I'm a little bit too sober, if you know what I mean. Um, and yeah, so I, I definitely saw something that's eerily reminiscent to uh, something that, that you depict um, in, in the video. So I just wanted to share that even though I'm skeptical, I'm like, Oh, I don't believe there's 30 spirits here, but something happened. <laughs> something really happened. And then the night and I you were admit uh, it. videoing too, that's the greatest part. Like all this, a lot of this stuff happens in the same, you know, you have the experience of the lights. Allison sees, sees a white light flash before her eyes. Our, yep. we have problems with our digital recorder when we're trying to get the, the music ready for the podcast last week. Like, Something happened on that ape, that night, that fateful night of April twenty third that brought it all that brought it all together, man. <laughs> well, there's some energy there. They had lots of people. I think the and I, my understanding is the ghosts like having people there and they 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 mess with people. So, but I but I agree with you. With the um, you know, going in there and they you know they advertise it as the the ghost bar, um, and that that was a little overwhelming because there seemed to be so many things going on. And so many accounts that I could I couldn't even right where, wreck my brain where do you start? It. So yeah, exactly. And I I've been I've been pretty open about being saying that I'm a I'm a skeptic. I referred to myself as an open-minded skeptic in the in the documentary. It's kind mm-hmm. of an oxymoron, but but I'm I you know I'm I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that I I am a skeptic to this uh, to to ghosts and and until you experience something personally, it's 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 hard to to really to really grasp what's going on. Um, I think you did a yeah. great job in the documentary and number one, keeping it balanced of capturing the story. Right. So you kind of under, you kind of understood it because it's easy when everybody, when they have a ton of stories, you know, things mm-hmm. can sprawl quickly. I mean, yep. I, 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 that happens drag on and on and on. That happens to me on this podcast on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, the only time they ever lose me, I think, and, and this isn't your documentary. This is people in general. This happened when I was talking to somebody at a place called the Ohio Tavern in, in Madison too. Is when people talk about portals. So in in the documentary, there's a great part like this jukebox is a portal, man, and I and I'm like, what? Like Elvis and Michael Jackson's gonna walk through? 
Like it just, whenever people talk about portals, it makes me laugh because all of a sudden it takes me from like, okay, this place might be like, there might be some residual energy or people mm-hmm. uh, coming back to a place they used to enjoy. And a portal makes it sound like, is Dr. Who going to walk through next? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would you go, would love that, I would Mike. go buck wild if Dr. Who came through. But, um, and you know, so I really think the documentary, the OBI documentary did a great job of keeping it balanced. You had the breadth of stories that are at the OBI, which is a million of them. But mm-hmm. you, you also ha- looked at it with a skeptical eye, so it didn't just feel like, hey, come to our crazy ghost bar and all this crazy stuff's going to go on and you're going you're, <laughs> you're to get grabbed by a ghost. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a really good uh, balance of that. So if people want to see the OBI, uh, if people want to see the OBI documentary, where is the best place that they can take a look at that? Well, we're actually going to be showing it again at, the, um, at OBI on November 5th. Well, along with the premiere, so um, we're gonna—it's gonna be Saturday, November fifth. We're gonna start start the screening at at seven o'clock. We'll probably show the Raven James Chronicles films first, and then we'll show OBI, a Team OBI documentary, and then we'll do a Q and A on on both both films. Fantastic, and so. you'll, you'll probably have it online for purchase or like streaming. At yeah, time. eventually. Yeah, I'm not. We're not entirely sure what we're doing with it yet. It's only you know it only came out a week ago, and we oh, we're wow. still right. I yeah. It came out so like I, I did it so fast and I came out so fast that that I I'm, I'm still not entirely sure where I'm going to take it and what to do with it. I I definitely want to put it into some film festivals. Um, I might put it on the doc on the DVD for the Raven James Chronicles oh, cool. as, a, as a bonus feature. So we should mm. talk about that. So mm. November fifth is going to be the debut of a new uh, fiction paranormal mm. uh, yes. paranormal work by you in in the Raven mm. James Chronicles. And we, we had mm-hmm. talked about the Rogers Theater, the Fillmore in Wausau, where you had filmed your original Raven James movie and some of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Talked about releasing a book this year. So, Ben... There's a lot. <laughs> who is Raven James and why should I care? Well, Raven James is an alcoholic spiritual medium. And so he, he helps ghosts pass on. But, but um, so... As you know, with with mediums, they're they're always being bombarded with ghosts, and so the way I've I've kind of envisioned him as kind of a like a Doctor House of of uh, mediums, where you know, like Doctor Doctor House on a TV show on Fox, mm-hmm. um, he he would uh, he was kind of not not very much a people person. He would just kind of tell it as it is and and be very blunt. Um, and you know, incidentally, he was he was uh, he was a drug addict too. So um, he was kind of parallel to um, um, Sherlock. So it's kind of a, a, I guess I was kind of trying to create an anti-hero kind of character, kind of more of a blunt, blunt medium. You don't really see mediums being vulgar and and just blunt. Um, and we love and, vulgar and blunt. Damaged, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's um, he's so what he does, he you know he basically in order to maintain maintain um uh sanity he drinks all the time so that so that the ghosts are not not able to communicate with them so he, he's deadening his sixth sense he's drowning his demons oh, that essentially so drowning yep. demons huh the, plug thus, in that book that's the yep that's the title <laughs> of the novel I, and so so mm-hmm. ben so where did you get the idea for raven james so this character's been around for a long time ever since you were living yes. in the central part of wisconsin and wausau Mm-hmm. And um, when did it come to you, the idea of this damaged uh, medium character, Raven James? 
Well, well, I've been wanting to do a a a, a film about the par- uh, some paranormal investigators for a long time, and I've never been able to really crack that idea because, and I didn't want to like look like I was copying other other things because you got well, we essentially you got you go at one if you got a one main character who's a a female character that's ghost whisperer or that's uh medium you got two main characters that's the x-files or um uh supernatural so you got a male and a female that's x-files you got two males that's supernatural you got four men that's ghostbusters so there's a lot or 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 four women now two men two women that's scooby-doo so there's a lot of that it's a lot of stuff has already been done. So I was trying to find something that was was more original. So I essentially, um, way back, and so it's a long, long story in getting getting to where I am now with the the Raven James Chronicles. And I'll try to I'll try to be as brief as possible. Okay. Um, you got thirty the medium, seconds. Go. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, so the medium came about after we tried to do a feature film called Cinema Thirteen, which was not a very good script um but the the concept was there that with uh the alcoholic spiritual medium but i wasn't able to do a feature film in wausau i was i was young i was kind of naive to thinking that i could do a feature film without a crew and and we had we had the access to the roger cedar so i was really excited like i really wanted to do uh, a supernatural our paranormal thriller right you have a location you have a location in a haunted theater so you can't get better than that the inspiration was overwhelming and the, the access to play this place was unprecedented. We could, we could just, we, we just call up the owner and we could be there anytime we wanted essentially, but there aren't that many actors in Madison or in, uh, in Wausau. So, so I ended up, um, having to scale it down and, and, the um, one of the guys who was in the, in the original, uh, Jerry Crooks, he ended up being my, my lead actor at, in the medium. So I scaled down Raven James down from an alcoholic spiritual medium to simply a medium who goes into this building. And, and that's kind of what it was. It was more of a two-dimensional character, unfortunately. I wanted to, I wanted to take the alcoholism aspect, but I had, to, I had to remove it because Jared was not a... Not a uh, he, he, he doesn't drink. To this day, he doesn't drink. Um, and he was 21 at the time. And so, so he, so he was more to me, I was, I guess I was describing to people about it. Like he's more of, um, a Jim Carrey character or actor playing a dramatic role. Sure. And so so I, I, it'd be a 21 year old, it might be hard to believe cause it, it's hard to be, gri- yeah. it's hard to be grizzled when you're young and beautiful. Right. And so, so it was harder <laughs> to, to, to like, to transition that actor, or to transition that character into more, you know, a younger actor playing a darker character. So I had to, I had to kind of compensate and and just, okay, I got to do something with this building. So I had to make a film in the Rogers Theater. So I scaled my bigger story down into a small story, and it's, you know, there's a lot packed into that story, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I did that, and it went on to go to all sorts of film festivals. We we um, it was on uh, Wisconsin Public Television Halloween night, I believe it was two thousand eight. Oh, that's fun! And 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 then uh, went to Wildwood. We got Best of Horror at Wildwood. Um, went to um, it was a number of film festivals over the years, and so. But I still wanted to 
I still wanted to go back to the alcoholism aspect of that sure. character. I like the darker character. And the other the other thing about it, it was um his his uh kind of buddy is is a bartender. So you got an alcoholic spiritual medium and a bartender. So I think that kind of makes a, a great concept. Sure, and you got some room so, you got some room for comedy there too. Yeah. In in, and, in, well, in, he, in between people's destroyed lives. Yep. Well, he's a, he's a, like the bartender, <laughs> essentially an enabler and, and allowing, you know, keeping him, keeping him drunk for a discounted rate. And, and so, well, how does Raven James start seeing dead people in the first place? Let's explain that real quick. Um, well, that it's, is his, uh, he, he has that sixth sense that, that some people have. And, um, I guess that. So he's just born with he, it. He's always had it. Yeah. His, um, his mother actually actually had that as well and um and so in that that's a whole nother uh backstory to him um but he he was able to experience that when he was a kid he wasn't really sure how to how to deal with that stuff because his father was was not um not open-minded to it and his his mother actually went went to an asylum and, and ended up um not surviving and and that's actually the opening. Uh, that's the prologue to my to the novel. Ah, and I actually, okay. I actually, I actually filmed that that sequence. And I call it call it reflection. Then it's actually on YouTube um, under under the title reflection. So that that I I filmed that as a as a uh, kind of a teaser between a hot summer chill and and the waiting room and demon in the waiting room between productions. Kind of as a like we're gonna keep making these sure. films. So. Yeah, so there's a there's a long, long, you know, backstory to him, and I um when you're when you're shooting, in, what I, oh sorry, mm-hmm. I was gonna say I was gonna, when you're shooting in some of these cemeteries and everything like that, like mm-hmm. do you have to, do you have to get permission or anything, or what do you do when you shoot in the cemetery? Because I I mean, morning in the cemetery has a long sequence that takes place in the cemetery, and there's not I mean, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. there's ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, lots of ghosts, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that probably I mean. Took a, mm. you, you were in the cemetery for a long time, like, you know, for aspiring mm-hmm. filmmakers who are interested in uh, filming in cemeteries, what do you do for that? Well, we spent six days in the cemetery, and um, we only had Tuesdays to be able to do that, because, you know, we all work full-time jobs. Okay. Um, originally, I was, so first of all, um, uh, Forest, Forest Hill Cemetery uh, in Madison, where we shot, um, is a park. It's considered a uh, Madison Park. Ah. And the nice thing about Madison Parks is that you don't need a permit to film there. So as soon as I found that out, I wrote a movie that took place, <laughs> half of the movie took place in a cemetery. Because I, It's just like, we just roll up and we just start filming. You don't have to inform anybody. You kind of crop people out if they're, they're doing a funeral in the background, which right. occasionally there were. Uh, sure. It was a little awkward. They're you know down the down the road. They're doing a. They got this funeral going on, and we're standing over someone's random tombstone, doing a shooting a monologue. Um, but the tricky part about filming in a cemetery is one, you're you're outside, so you never know if it's going to rain, um, which it did the first day and the second day. Uh, we had about half a day. You have to keep the continuity going too, so you can't. If it's also the really same, tricky, same day, yeah. it can't be raining in one scene and then not raining in right. the other. Like then you got an Ed Wood film. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, essentially, what we would do with the first day, we did our wider shots, and we only had the van for one day, so we did the wide shots and got the van in the background, pulling up and everything, 
And we actually, we had, sorry, we had the, the van for two days. We had the van for the interior of the van for one of the days. And then we had the van for the exteriors and we were just doing all the wide shots for the van. Um, I'm really fortunate that the continuity, the colors were pretty consistent because we were shooting over a period of six weeks in June, I believe it was. Um, the tricky part was I, I scheduled that. I was going to schedule it. Like I figured out we could do this in four days, but then I realized we're scheduling four days in June on Tuesdays. And we don't know what, what happens if one of those days is rain. Um, so I ended up scheduling six days and we ended up starting shooting in May. And so we, so we essentially, we ended up using all, all six of those days. Um, and it, we only had one rainout day where we, we were shooting in the van in the morning and then we had lunch and then it just, we had a horrible storm, like a really bad, we're looking yeah. at the radar and we got a horrible storm coming in. So we got the minimum that we needed. We needed the van stuff. We absolutely needed the van stuff that day because the guy who owned the van was going on vacation for six weeks. Oh so, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the logistical nightmare yeah. of, of taping in it the is, first place. And so it is really tricky. You know, for people who uh, may be introduced to the Raven James Chronicles through Morning in the Cemetery, how would you mm-hmm. kind of how would you set that up for them if their first introduction to the character is Morning in the Cemetery? Well, I say you should know that that Raven is a is a uh, alcoholic spiritual medium, and Benny is his uh, um, bartender companion. He um, Benny Benny experienced a car accident um, a couple months earlier, and he happened to have picked Raven up. Hitchhiking. Raven was Raven is kind of this this drifter, and he had picked him up hitchhiking, and and he ended up flipping his truck, and and Benny has gone sober since then, and and so so they're so in this story they're they're essentially they're they are um you know Benny is Benny is dealing with with the loss of his father from a couple of years ago, and and meanwhile his father has is is trying to get or trying to. He wants to know that that Benny is going to be okay, and this is the anniversary of of Benny's uh, of Mickey, the Benny's Benny's father, uh, his the anniversary of his death, or his, no, it's his, his birthday. And it's funny so. that the actor that plays his father, uh, Kevin Croak, like mm-hmm. I had I had worked with him on a a, a com arts project twenty years ago. Wow. So that wow. was a delight to see. He's like, oh, Kevin Crook, he's still alive. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not in the movie, though. <laughs> not in the movie, of course. Um, but do you think, Ben, that, um, you know, people will be able to relate wherever they can come into the series, you know? Because when I was watching, um, you know, some of the, the episodes, to me, this Raven character, you know, reminds me of, like, the archetype of the wounded mm. healer, you know, that he is... This power that he has is taking a yep. toll on his soul, and you know that that's an idea that's been reflected through through mm-hmm. many cultures. So you know, I think it's an in, in, interesting exploration of what it might really be like to mm-hmm. to be a medium. You know, there's mediums who who say that, uh, well, you know, I'm able to mm-hmm. shut it off, uh, and but would you really be? I mean, how plausible is that? I mean, how do you shut yeah. off that channel? So. I, I mean, do you think that that people will are, are there other characters that uh, remind you of Raven that other people might have seen um, in the past? Like I said, um, Doctor House and Sherlock are are two two examples. Um, I think Sherlock in general is was definitely an inspiration. Um, since I've written this 
these this film and the novel um there was a sequel to the shining that uh, a novel sequel to the shining called dr sleep hmm. and it is danny grown up and i started reading it and i i was like oh shit <laughs> oh shoot oh shoot um because uh, at one, because he he's essentially so so Danny has grown up and he can see ghosts, but he drinks to keep them away. And I'm like, oh no! And that's funny because in The Shining, the whole idea of Jack Torrance. I mean, that's based on Stephen King when he was at his most yeah. addicted, alcoholic, things yep. like that. And then the idea that that would happen to his son. And for you guys, if you haven't seen The Shining or, or read the book, uh, first of all, book's better than the movie, but the movie's still yes. pretty good. The idea is, I mean, the, think about the Jack Nicholson character in the movie. Here's Johnny. Like, we all, you know, we all get yep. that in our heads. Mm-hmm. The idea is that he's recovering from his alcohol addiction and then goes to this hotel to take care of it for the winter. And that's mm-hmm. where he goes crazy. And the name The Shining mm-hmm. comes from the fact that the kid can, has... It's a shine. Yeah, has, a psychic, exper- mm-hmm. has psychic experiences. And so Doctor mm-hmm. Sleep, which I haven't read... Uh, is the sequel where Danny grows up mm-hmm. and becomes an alcoholic just like his father, but hopefully not a murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and to me, I'm going to go there too with, with Stephen mm-hmm. King to the dead zone. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what it reminded me of, of, you know, that main character and, you know, the tortured yeah. aspect of having this power and the mm-hmm. burden of it. And, you know, if you want to do the mm-hmm. right thing, it might push you to do yeah. the wrong thing, yeah. Uh, you know, in other people's mm-hmm. minds, because they they don't have mm-hmm. your perspective. So, I mean that that is you know a fascinating idea. Well, particularly uh, particularly in the dead explore. zone, he's tried he tries to assassinate Greg Stilson. Like, and most of us would mm-hmm. be like, well, and a, you know, uh, a presidential candidate assassin would be the you know the worst idea in history. But mm-hmm. if that if that guy's gonna start a <laughs> nuclear war, then that's the mm-hmm. kind of person you do. And yeah. you know what? Yeah. I feel like that Dead Zone TV show was an underappreciated show. Yes, yes. You know, With, um, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony yes, Michael Hall growing Michael up Hall. Yep. from the nerd yep. in the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty good psychic. That was yeah. a good show. Or yeah, weird. it was a well done show. And it, I think that was somewhat of an inspiration. But I kind of went. I, I like that was an inspiration, but it was a little darker than that. You know, I wanted to go more for a blunter character, more of a just a foul mouth guy who just he didn't really like people and and he he he's not he he hasn't really adapted very well to the to the ghost coming in and you think of there's different levels of of mediums where they have ghosts coming in you imagine him just like everybody's just harassing him and and he has to keep it he has to stay drunk in order to keep them from harassing him all sure. the time. That reminds and me it, of the beginning of, did mm-hmm. you ever see um, the Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais movie, Ghost Town? I haven't. Uh, let me recommend it. The first, <laughs> is it, is oh, it yeah. the first half, the second half <sighs> kind of devolves into like a more standard mm-hmm. romantic comedy. But the first mm-hmm. half is number one, Ricky Gervais at his best. When you talk about someone who's not a people person seeing ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's called Ghost, Ghost Town. Town. It's a Ricky Gervais movie from maybe seven or okay. eight years ago, and I, 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 I'm, I'm always a big fan of his. Right. So I, I miss I that one. That. And that's another one where you maybe have like the guy's not a people person, living or dead mm-hmm. people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Raven James mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of now. Mm-hmm. People want to uh, check out 
uh, some of the previous films in the Raven James Chronicles or check out the book. Right now, you can click on the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 116 and you can click on any of the links. But if they want to go later, where can they go, Ben, to see some of your work and to read the book and everything? Well, you can go to my website, which is theravenjameschronicles.weebly.com. And Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y. Weebly wobbles, um, but it don't fall down. Yeah. And so, so there are links to, you can, you can buy the DVD, or you can buy uh, the uh, Raven James Chronicles Volume 1, Disc 1, which is not, does not include Morning in the Cemetery yet. Um, and you can also find a link to the, to the novel on there. So the novel is on Kindle. You can go to Kindle and, and Google Johnny Demons. Awesome. Or you can just go to the website, which is a little easier to find because there's links. Awesome. Well, it's a lot of fun, Ben, because you got your fingers in the old Baraboo Inn documentary. You got a new movie coming out, Morning in the Cemetery. Congratulations on that. And you got the very cool Raven James Chronicles that people can check out. And please go to the show notes and click on that. Support independent filmmaking and publication because we absolutely love it. Thank you for joining us today, Ben. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to hear another person from the area and from Wisconsin taking on this type of topic and creating yeah documentaries and films and all kinds of paranormal interesting things to watch yeah i wish we could have had them there when we were at the film more and we had those weird experiences happen to us like the you know the, the metal thing falling yes. off the ceiling the weird lights and, and all the kind of the paranormal stuff that we saw when we were there and he yeah you know that's one of the coolest things is that um it was just a weird synchronicity that i met him at that horror film festival and he's like yeah uh, I shot this at the Fillmore Theater in Wausau. And Wendy, we had just been there. Oh, wow. And that was the day you did your first thriller. Oh, perfect. That was the day you did your first oh. thriller dance at the Orpheum. Really? Yeah. Was it. Oh, my goodness. I met him. I bought that DVD. That's right. And then I went out and took pictures of you doing the thriller. Wow. So, yeah. Full circle. Yeah. So, full circle. <laughs> and even more full circle, the fact that uh, one of the guys in this movie is also a guy that was in one of my student film projects 20 years ago. Makes me smile. Oh, makes wow. me smile. It's always fun to see that uh, the world, we think it's a big place. And really, you turn around, you bump into somebody you know, at least at the paranormal world. Yeah. These connections, they're everywhere. Uh, they are everywhere. We want to thank Ben for coming on the show today and also Allison for being part of the interview. Absolutely. And you can find all the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 116. Yes, indeed. So for the Sunspot song this week, we were actually working on a replacement track for a commercial where they had used the song, What About Love by Heart, right? Great song, by the way. It is a great, I know Wendy, Wendy loves that song. Oh, and that band. And so we went in and decided to work on a sound alike to that track and at the same time connect it to this latest podcast because in Morning in the Cemetery, which I watched a sneak preview of, a lot of it is about a son being concerned about his father's love. So we kind of connect that in our heart sound alike track and let us know on Twitter at Other Side Talk and at Sunspot Music. Let us know if we nailed this to, to sound like hearts, what about love? Because our version here is called Who Wants Love? Feeling alone 
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. And we would be absolutely remiss if we did not thank our Patreon community who keeps See You on the Other Side podcast going with new episodes and new songs every single week. Now, our man Ned is at the level where he gets a thank you every single week. So, Ned, thank you very much, my brother. Thank you. All right, and if you guys are interested in checking out our Patreon community, which is the coolest people we know, you can do that at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. Oh, both of my feet are asleep right now. This is, this is one of the weirdest feelings you can possibly have, and they are... They are coming awake, and it feels like rising from the dead right now. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Okay, I'm cool. Going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah.